Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hi, Jay. Oh, hello, sir. You know, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project. We haven't been here in... It's been some time. A few weeks. We've had some things going and coming and coming and going. We have, but today is a special day. Very special. Do you know why it's special, Jay? No, why? Because it's your birthday! Oh, look Yay! at me. Are you going to sing me a song? No, but you are. You look very good for 67. Thank I, you. I would never have Thank guessed. Thank you. Happy that birthday that you to that me. Yep. How's yeah. that Social Security coming in? It's coming in. It's not, uh, you know, uh, when I'm on a fixed income, it's difficult. Well, you know, they say that Social Security is going to be dead, like, what, in 10 years? Well, that's what happens years. when you have a, 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 a program based in socialism. That's what happens. Well, it's it wasn't started as that. It was started as a fund for everybody to put their money in so that... You know, you and I have been paying Social Security but here's the for problem many, 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 many years. That's why it's it's morphed into a, a, a socialist yes. experiment because of the fact that originally it was voluntary. You didn't have to contribute to Social Security. Right. You didn't even have to have a Social Security number. You didn't have to have any of that. Well. And now it's pretty much understood that you have to have one. Otherwise, you can't get a job and actually, you can't do all kinds of stuff. Do yourself a favor, listeners. Look on your Social Security card and it clearly states on the Social Security card itself that it is not to be used for identification purposes. The old ones. The new ones that does no longer, oh, it doesn't it say no that anymore. Says that. No. Oh, I know my my. I have an old old yes. one, and it has, right. says it right on there. And not only that, you can't opt out of it. No. What if I don't want to uh, contribute to the well, social uh, government uh, retirement plan? I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago there was a push to privatize Social Security, and basically what the, what the situation was going to be there was instead of doing the automatic uh, debits from your accounts mm. like they do now, or from your paycheck like they do now, you would be given that money. And you could do whatever you want with it. You could use it. Mm. You could put it in your own account. You could do... Nope. The government knows... And you know why they said no? Of course. Because they've been stealing from that fund... That's right. ...for decades. Of and course. using it for other things. Yep. So all that money that we've been contributing over the years will not be there when we retire. That's right. You know, so I decided to come up with my own retirement plan, and I'm starting a new business. What's that? And it's an alcohol-based uh, colonic center, and it's going to be mm. called Fiber and Wine, and you go in there... <laughs> And you drink, and you have fiber, and they clean you out. Fiber and wine. I don't know. That's just came good, to me. That's a good idea. All right. Well, I have a, before we begin today, well, first of all, happy birthday to Jay. Thank you. So you guys can sing a happy little birthday song and do a dance while you're listening to this program. But before we begin today, well, let's tease the topic, and then I got something I want to ask you. Okay. So today's uh, topics are, this, we, have, we each have one, and they're a little bit different. Mine is uh, uh, something that's been going on in the news and, and the alternative news lately mm. and we're going to be discussing the QAnon phenomenon QAnon that rhymes QAnon phenomenon is that isn't that a uh, isn't that an online school QAnon yeah no oh, oh that's uh what's Al-Anon no that's Alcoholic Anonymous no what is that I don't know I don't know anyway we're going to talk about that and then what's your topic for the day so mine is uh similar in nature it's a uh, mysterious uh and strange uh people that we have no uh, explanation for okay so we're going to c- a couple of different topics but before we get into the topics today I have a science question for you. Oh, I like science. Let me ask you this. Mm. You and I have, and I have a visual aid for those of you who are in the studio, uh, our live studio audience. Hey, studio audience. Mm. So I have an iced coffee here mm. from Dunkin' Donuts. It's delicious. But let me ask you a question. They, if you have a glass of water or any other liquid, right? Yeah. And it has ice in it. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many cubes of ice. Sure. You fill it to the brim. To the brim. To the top. The to the very, top. very top. Gotcha. When the ice melts, does the cup overflow? Why would it? 
Because more water is being introduced into the cup. No, but here's the thing. Uh, water is one of the only things, the only substances that when it freezes, it expands. It doesn't contract. Oh. So the cubes take up more space is than, that the, than the liquid water would. I am learning something yes, today. Yes, it is true. So I learned the, that on 3 to one Contact. Really? <laughs> no, so, I don't know. So, for in, so you're saying is if I leave my iced coffee as is, it yes. will not overflow. As a matter of fact, it'll decrease in, in oh. volume as the ice cubes melt. See, you didn't think you would learn something on the show today, but I learned something. There you go. So should we jump into the topics or well, something else you want to discuss? Well, but quickly before that, uh, so the last program we did, I don't, it was so long ago, I don't remember the topic. It was a while ago. But I do remember that we had um, a local um, artist in here, it was a rap artist, his name was Fudgy Q. Oh yeah. And he did his uh, too, famous uh, uh, song. Too, too much critical uh, and response. We had we had angered <laughs> responses to that. Very angry. Uh, people hated it. They hated it. They want Fudgy Q dead. Yeah, it was some. He's in protective custody right now. That's right. It was. It was. It was bad. Uh, we had a bad response to that yeah, particular. Not, uh, not a good one. Song. So Fudgy Q has been uh, relegated to uh, <laughs> custodial duties. He's been put on the shelf <laughs> for the rest of time. But what we did do is we did solicit uh, some musical requests. Yes, from we some did. Listeners. That's true. I forgot about that. And uh, we'll talk more about that here later on. But we're going to do a, a musical uh, performance, not by us, by someone, we, another person that we found locally, and we'll explain who he is uh, later on. All right. But, so, so that'll be at the halftime show. That's right. Halftime portion. All right. Why don't you explain what QAnon is? So I'm going to talk is. about QAnon for a moment. And this may be news to some of you. Some of you, uh, I, I've actually discussed this with a couple of listeners of the program. So they know we're going to talk about it. But to, for those of you who don't, let me just get into the topic. There's never a shortage of people who claim to be privy to secret knowledge, right? That's there's, right. There's always people that claim to have the in, inside track and... Mm-hmm. Sometimes these people even share tidbits of information to we, the slow-witted masses. They never come right out and say exactly what they know, however. They usually, you know, leave little clues. Sometimes they say uh, veiled uh, predictions. Sometimes it's um, just kind of strange comments. But usually they don't show say exactly what they want because, uh, what they know, because obviously they don't want to, if they're fake, they don't want to look foolish. Sure. But what if I told you that there's someone operating right now, uh, and it's actually a very famous movement that's going on now, who supposedly actually has inside knowledge of the inner workings of government at the highest levels. Mm. And they're actually coming out and telling people exactly what's coming, what's what's happening behind the scenes, and what we can expect to, to, to occur. So this is a, this is a mole of, of sorts. Yeah, like an, inf- like an informant, but it, it, I'll get into it. it it's just a very strange phenomenon. And this person, believe it or not, could be legitimate. So when you talk about a government mole, when they say mole, do they compare? Is do they get the term from a the little creature that burrows itself in the dirt, or a, they get it from a growth on your body? Like what? What would the mole be? Like, I think it's the creature because it gets creature? underneath mm. things and tunnels. But moles root in your body as What's well. What's the difference though? between a mole and a groundhog? Are moles small? Oh, a mole's tiny. It's like a little mouse. Looks, oh, kind of looks really? like a mouse with like a little pig nose on. I it. thought that moles were larger, like kind of like a groundhog. No, groundhogs are big and fluffy. I don't like groundhogs. I saw a groundhog outside the uh, local Dunkin' Donuts recently, was and it was dead? eating leftover donuts uh, that people were throwing at it. It was really? huge. It was gigantic. It looked like John Candy. <laughs> okay, so get back to QAnon. Are you familiar with the message boards on the internet? The internet's web machine. Mm. The internet, uh, excuse me, the message boards 4chan and 8chan. Have you ever heard of those? No. Okay. Is that Chinese food? No, no, but that's a good that's a good guess. Actually, there's a restaurant if you're here in the local area called Chan's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's located in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Delicious food. Delicious, wonderful. They, they changed they, the decor in a hundred years. No, it looks exactly the same. It looks like uh, it looks like Chinatown in uh, in uh, 
Los Angeles, 1950 in there. That's right. They do jazz concerts, too. Yeah. Very good food. But anyway, no, this is 4chan and 8chan. I don't know why they call it that. But they're message boards where people can go and leave anonymous comments about various things. Like, when you go on there, there's, there's you know any, anything you want to talk about. Uh, hobbies, mm. sports, uh, other interests, weird fetishes, uh, things like that. So, just based on what I said, I know you're going to go in there and check. And you do it all anonymously. Yeah, it's all anonymous. Oh, that's like the you can best. Just, right, you can just leave all sorts of cryptic messages and things. Around October 2017, a poster, which they call them posters, not mm. like poster on your wall, but somebody who posts things sure. on, the, on the message board, uh, uh, on 4chan, going by the handle, quote, Q, you know, just Q. Just the letter Q? Just the letter Q. Ah. Began leaving a series of cryptic messages regarding current political events. Uh, specifically at that time, this was, like I said, October 2017. He was talking specifically about the Hillary Rodham Clinton email scandal, mm. uh, stuff that was going on with President Trump at the time. And, and so on. And this person claimed to have the highest level security clearance that there is, also known as a Q clearance. Oh. Which I didn't know that Q clearance was a clearance level. Like, like Q from James Bond? Well, we're going to talk about this in a, in a minute. Oh. So there's a few different parallels okay. to, to this story. So anyway, claiming to have Q clearance, that uh, he would be leaving little bits of facts about what well, he calls them crumbs. So like, oh, like, like a trail. Yes. Leaving little crumbs to let everybody know what the real deal was going on in Washington. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times people put stuff online and it turns out not to be true. Or, uh, But this guy, all of a sudden, and, and soon after posting, and I'm going to get to this in just a minute, started saying things that turned out to be, at least have some semblance of credibility to them. Okay. So from this, an entire movement has started. And it's getting actually out of control. <laughs> so he's have like he's got like followers he and does. things? Yeah, okay. we're going to talk about that. All right. So fall of 2017... And this is, how did all of this start? Fall of 2017, President Trump had a photo op, which I don't know if you remember this, but he had a whole bunch of high-ranking military members and their wives and mm -hmm. everything, and they were all standing around, and they all posed for a picture. And right before the picture was taken, President Trump said, you know what this is? This is the calm before the storm. Do you remember that? I do. Remember he said that, and everybody goes, what is he talking about? Yeah. At the time, people thought maybe we were going to attack North Korea. Mm -hmm. Maybe we were going to uh, bomb Syria. Who knows? We didn't really know what President Trump meant at the time. But he said, this is the calm before the storm. Um, when you see the term now, the storm, quote unquote, this, is really, this has been adopted by Q and the Q followers to say, this is when the Q movement started. And he oh. is part of the storm. Q is part of the storm. Yes. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's where the origins of Q reside. So when you see that this, the storm, and actually, and I'll talk about this in a minute, I got a, a listener tip the other day. I got tips. I have informants oh. all over the place. That there's Q bull, uh, billboards that are being put up around the country that say things like, the storm is coming. Oh, who's funding that? That's a good question. I don't know. And is that public record? Can you find out who's funding a billboard? Wow. Not if it's a private transaction, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because the this right right this time uh, this photo op when he mentioned the storm contains so many military leaders, some people believe that President Trump has recruited the military. This is where you get to stay with me. This is oh, all right. this all requires right. a little bit of uh, of uh, uh, what do you call it um, denial of uh, reality for just a minute. Okay. Or, or not, I shouldn't say that it, it, suspension of disbelief. Ah, gotcha. Because there's so many military leaders there, some people think that Trump has re uh, recruited military members to prevent a coup. That was that was taking place and is still going on. That threatens to impeach President Trump and take over the government. Now, according to the most devout Q followers, 
the quote-unquote deep state. You've heard this term, deep state, before? Oh, I've heard of deep throat. Yes. The deep state is the hidden cabal. I like to say cabal. Cabal? I would think of, I think of that game, that Nintendo game. There used to game. be a Nintendo game called Cabal. It was lots of fun. Yeah, it was fun. That was when you had the little Jeep and you get to shoot the rockets. and you like, ah, cabal. Cabal. Anyway, the deep state cabal is a people in government slash entertainment and the media who have... This is, this is again reaching to the heights of conspiratorial nonsense to some people, but this is what some of these cube folks believe, that the deep state is involving uh, satanic influences, pedophile rings, all sorts of mm. deep, dark, sinister plots. Well, and we this, talked about the, uh, what was that that ring that we talked about the before? Pizzagate? Yeah, Pizzagate. We just briefly mentioned it. We really didn't do a yeah, show on yeah. it. So the deep state includes the, uh, they're covering up trafficking of children, all sorts of corrupt, evil governments around the world, and you name it. Kind of far-fetched, really, at this point. But soon after the photo op, the Q post started, like I said. This has led many to believe that Q is a person that was either present at this photo op or is a high-ranking military member or, mem- or, or members of the president's inner circle. See, Q could be more than one person. Either that or he's just some guy in his basement. Right. Well, yeah. we're going to get to that in a minute, too. So Q posts are typically short and include lots of abbreviations and oftentimes a lot of questions. It's the questions that this person asks that seem to serve as kind of a trademark. So mm-hmm. the person is actually... The poster, the Q person, is asking people to answer the questions for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's actually called the Socratic method of learning. Have you heard that like before? Like so- Socrates? Yes. Ah. He, he would encourage you to ask questions of of things. Like and then, so- oh, Socrates. Socrates, man. You remember Socrates? Yeah, man. Oh, those things were disgusting. No, they were throat lozenges. It was a throat lozenge, but it was, it was awful. It tasted terrible. Anyway, that's the Socratic method. So people started answering the questions that Q was posting, and they started calling themselves Anons, which is where the Anon comes like from. Like Anonymous? Like Anonymous. Gotcha. So if you see somebody that says, and an, I'm an Anon, Ooh. that means they're a Something adherent. like a Manon-Anon. They're so, yeah, they're an adherent to the Q thing, and they're kind of Q following thing. along. Anonymous-Anons. Right. Gotcha. So um, so the, the Anons started posting things, and ever since that time, and, and this is something that I've personally experienced recently... These people have been making these really, really long-winded YouTube videos to examine every minute detail every single time Q posts. And some of these people on YouTube have tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of, of views and, and followers. First of all, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> Sec- and secondly, what are these people, what, what, what kind of time do they have? In, what do they do in their lives? Well, I don't, I don't know, but it's, some, some of them in particular, and I, I don't want to give them free plugs, but there's some, some of these of the more popular... QAnons or, or non people who post these YouTube videos, um, they do it multiple times a day, and some of these videos are hour, two hours, three hours long. So how are they? I don't understand. Do they have jobs? I guess not. Do they not have anything else to do? Oh my! That this is what they do. I don't get it. So some people believe that the Q posts are actually here's here's where it gets a little bit even weirder. Some people think that the Q posts are actually coded messages to operators who are working clandestinely in the United States mm. and abroad. Oh. So it's like a way to, to communicate secret messages. Yes. Because some of the stuff makes absolutely no sense. And if you look at some of the Q posts, you'll see it. Um, sometimes there are abbreviations and you can figure out what they're saying. Sometimes it's just a bunch of letters and numbers and stuff. And you really know what they're, what they're talking about. It could be nonsense. Anyway. So why do you think people think this dude is legit? I think they want to. They they hope that he's legit. They right. they want to think that they have some sort of um, inside connection with sure. conspiracies and the government and such. Right. So this is taken from a QAnon support site. So these are like people who had, who oh like uh, like if you have a, a <laughs> an alcohol problem, you need support. Like that no, kind of thing? like QAnon. Like they they're they are uh, followers of of this movement. Oh. So this is a quote. Early on, Q set up a system of markers, not like markers that you'd sniff, but markers mm. on, uh, on online. 
there would be a time between messages that would correspond to tweets by President Trump. So basically what would happen was they would always start with a Q post and then Trump would say something. And then after the, the Trump, after Trump tweeted, you could see, because you know, President Trump tweets all the time, mm-hmm. you know, multiple times a day, usually. Some of the same verbiage would be used in the the Trump tweet as Q used right before it. Mm-hmm. So people started to think that he was right next to Trump or was Trump himself. Oh. Which he's not bright enough. Well, do I don't that. know if I don't know if he's not bright enough, but he, he probably wouldn't just because he, he just comes out and says stuff anyway. Right. I don't think he really cares what yeah. anybody thinks. Yeah. So anyway. So certain words and phrases would be used by Q and then by and then by Trump and it was never the other way around. So it was always the Q post would come, Trump would say something. And it, so you can always prove something after the fact, but not beforehand. Mm-hmm. This is a way to prove beforehand that he is in the inner circle. Whoever this Q guy is, he also, he spends a lot of time trying to convince people that he's actually inside Trump's circle. In order to do this, he routinely posts these clues that if you follow up on them and you read a lot, you have to read a lot into them and make some weirdo connections. You can kind of see how it would be legitimate. For instance, here's one of the more popular ones. Uh, President Trump was on a trip to Asia uh, recently, mm-hmm. like a couple of months ago, and uh, Q posts the Q post the Q poster posted pics from a plane, pictures from a plane, okay, showing some Asian islands. So I guess you could figure out what islands they were based on geography and okay. maps and stuff. The to- topography, topography, yeah. And it was the same islands that Trump would have been flying over at that time because he was on a trip to Asia. Mm-hmm. So ergo, Q was on the trip. Yeah, but isn't that public knowledge that he that he would have been flying to Asia? They don't yes, just but, spring it on people. But what they're saying is like the picture has a timestamp on it. Mm-hmm. So he's saying at this time I'm over these islands. So is President Trump. There go I'm on. Oh, oh Air oh, Force. So he's One. making the connection that he's with the, the yes. president. Okay, right. So some weird stuff happened early in Q that actually derailed a lot of this. And here's where the here's where it goes off the rails for some people. Some notable Q predictions that didn't come true. Very early on in the postings. He predicted that Hillary Rodham Clinton, John Podesta, and Huma Abedin, which is a fun name to say. He's like, Huma Abedin. Huma. Huma Abedin. Would be arrested in the few days following the posts. He was clear they will be arrested on, I think he said like November 1st or Mm. November 2nd of last year. Obviously, that did not happen. So Q detractors say that's proof that the whole thing is false. That, you know, he clearly didn't know what was going on. However, those who believe Q is legitimate say that these weren't actually predictions. (laughs) but were some kind of way to test the operational security of the group or some kind of way to throw people off their scent. Oh, so they're coming up with excuses. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Don't you think that they would want as much credi- he would want as much credibility as possible? He wouldn't say wrong things. Exactly. However, uh, the evil cabal behind the world domination queue is fighting. Um, you know, they, they're the ones that, that are spreading false rumors that Q is fake. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, you, if you do a little research, you'll, you'll have no trouble finding any of this stuff. I have a, a little bit more to talk about with Q. So you go when you if you get on YouTube and you type this stuff in, you go down the rabbit hole or what? Mm-hmm. All kinds of weird, strange shenanigans. Yeah, come there's, up. there's some stuff that uh, yeah, it goes and, and here's here's where here's more, some of the more outlandish things that supposedly uh, the Q and the President Trump are fighting against. Okay, you ever hear of the triangle? Uh, a, a three-sided uh, shape. Yes, it is. It also refers to the three families. There, well, these three families are sides of a triangle that. To collectively have seven trillion dollars in worth. Ooh, the Rockefellers, families. right? Is one? Uh, nope, no, nope. You, oh. You'd think that. that. No, those are the old scapegoats for everything. Okay. So these are the these are the ones that, that Q himself has named. Uh, the Saud family, which is from Saudi oh, Arabia, of course. King uh, King Fahd. King Saud Fahd. The Rothschilds. Rothschilds. Yep. They run the banks. Sure. And then George Soros. 
Uh, these are three families that are, they supposedly run the world by financing wars, creating terror, and implementing systems that affect our daily lives in every way possible. So these three families are part of an evil cult, believe it or not. This is according to Q, the Q folks. You know, I heard an interesting quote uh, that somebody said. I forget exactly who said it, but it's, uh, uh, it's easier to fool somebody than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. Mm. And, I, and I tie that into what you're saying because all these uh, – I, I do put some uh, stock into some of these powerful families controlling sure. controlling things. And the things you see on TV and the things you hear on the radio uh, yeah. are being, are being um, programmed. You're being programmed basically by this stuff. Of course. Yeah. Well, supposedly these three families are part of an evil cult that worships the ancient god Moloch, which we've talked, to, oh. we've talked about Moloch before. That's right. The Bohemian the, Grove. The Bohemian Grove. They have the giant Moloch statue. And they supposedly sacrifice and eat kids. Okay, mm. so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, again. So here's some some key phrases that when you're when you're searching this, I know most of you who like who listen to this program do your own uh, research sometimes and mm-hmm. like to follow up on things. If you see these phrases show up on on internet posts or sometimes on Twitter or whatever, these are related to Q, the storm, which I talked about before. And then here's one that's come up much uh, much more recently: is where we go, one we go all. So you'll see that oh. as a you know meaning. We're all together. Yep. We're all going to go. And it, actually, that comes from a, a movie called White Squall, which came out in the 1990s. It was a movie about a, um, a boat. Remember that movie? It was like a boat disaster. Or the boat crashed or something, and they had to... I didn't was see it. Was it the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald? No. Oh. But anyway, the movie's called White Squall. So if you see the word White Squall, that okay. mean, that's Q-related as all well. Right. Trust the plan. Mm-hmm. You'll see that. Trust the plan means you know that the plan is in place, and you have to trust that it's going well, I guess. Uh, sometimes Q will say boom, which means sometimes we'll say boom, sometimes we'll say boom, 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 meaning something big it has just happened or is about to happen. How about boom shakalaka? Boom shakalaka. And then the last one that I'm going to talk about today is bring the pain. You'll see that one a lot too. If, it's, oh. if somebody says bring the pain, so the pain apparently is um, the hurt that the Q and the Trump administration is putting on mm-hmm. wh- whoever their enemies are. So currently Q has been posting lots of things in the 8chan which is a different what, one. What is that? It's just a message that, board. When you say that, it angers me. It's a message board. 8chan, 4chan. They're message boards. Ah. Uh. Every time Q posts something, again, these videos pop up, and I've been dutifully watching them in preparation for this show. And it's definitely interesting, but there's a lot of seemingly, like I said, random words, abbreviations, vague statements that people just run with. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're making all these connections that may or, not be, may or may not be real. What I can tell you is that the whoever's making the posts, the Q posts, and again, I've been following this for uh, several weeks now. Whoever's making these posts knows a lot about the government, knows a lot about the uh, current events, and knows a lot about what's going on. Does it necessarily mean that they're in the government? No, it could be just somebody who is a news freak who is, sure. you know, just not up on everything. Um, and there's also a lot of fake Q posts that have been coming up. Oh, people claiming to be Q? People claiming to be Q, and that's supposedly part of the disinformation campaign oh. to, to smear Q and make it seem stupid. Because yeah. there's actually been a, a few mainstream media stories about Q and QAnon uh, that say, oh, this is ludicrous, this is this is a bunch of nonsense like Pizzagate and all, all this stuff. But that could be an attempt by the deep state to, to um, take some of the credibility away from Q. I, I, I don't really know what I think about it. Again, I think... This person may or may not have inside knowledge. It's tough to tell. Some of the stuff seems to be right on. Some of it seems to be nonsense. Mm. So I don't know. What, what do you think about all this? Uh, my thought is something that I touched on earlier, and that is, I think it's you're rattling your uh, ice cubes uh, loudly into the uh, microphone. It's making people want to go out and get a beverage. You know what? We should be sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. No, I think that it's uh, I think that it's a, an individual who 
um, is and, and I don't this doesn't I don't mean to be um, disparaging, but sitting in their basement. Yeah, I uh, use that as the as the as the analogy right. that they're sitting in their basement at their computer and they don't have much going on aside from doing this sort of stuff. <laughs> and like you said, they're they're probably watching the news, they're researching things online, mm-hmm. uh, and they thought that this this is just their the way to pass their time to make their lives more interesting, right. and to give themselves a place in society. Um, no, I don't think it's an inside source releasing information. I don't I I, uh, I don't think so at all. Well, why do you why would why would they? What like for instance, let's say. Let's say this person is operating on the behest of President Trump. What is to gain by releasing inside information using cryptic? Me- like, I, I, I guess I just don't understand what the, the gain. Well, would you know be. what though? Something, something you said earlier too is that these people are so rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. If we're going to take that side of it, that they they do whatever they can to keep themselves entertained, right? So maybe maybe mm-hmm. you, you know using the conspiracy uh, theory as uh, as fact for a second. What was that? Ghost. I think there's a ghost in here. Uh, possibly that they're just so rich and powerful, and they're they're just find, f- trying to find new and interesting ways to manipulate people mm. uh, into giving them information or false information, and do what they will. Well, do what thou wilt. Again, there was a uh, there was somebody who 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 I talked to just a couple of days ago about this, and we were going to talk about it on the program, and they said that they had seen some billboards down in the deep south that said uh, Q. And then there was another one that said, I think the, the storm is coming or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So there's billboards going. Somebody's paying good money for that. Right. Again, this whole cottage industry of people producing these videos to examine every single time this person posts something. It's strange to me. And if it ever, if it does come out that this is a hoax or that there's no, these people are going to feel really stupid. So in this, in this day and age of technology, um, you mean to tell me there isn't some computer hacker there that can like figure out where this guy's posting from or? well one of the more outlandish theories is that q is actually not even a person it's an artificial intelligence oh. that is doing this this is like a program yes a program that is that is sentient which you know when we all know what happens when computers become sentient right i've seen terminator terminator too man judgment mm. day they all, they all come and they uh they try to kill us all robot uprising oh it's gonna happen i'm afraid of that i don't want robot would you have a robot butler in your house you know, I always think of uh, I robots think of, are strong. I always think of the Jetsons, and they had that yeah, uh, robot maid. Yeah, she was fat too. She was large. They she couldn't make a skinny maid. robot. And uh, yeah, they couldn't make an attract. Well, you couldn't make an attract. Make an attract. Well, now you could. They have those sex robots. Not that I would know anything about those things. They do. They do, and they look very, very real. They look real. They have realistic movements. So, what if you had one of those? What your wife would be jealous. Skin tones. She'd be jealous of it. I'd make her clean the house uh, topless with her <laughs> android breasts <laughs> exposed to the world. Android. And she wouldn't be uh, self-conscious at all. No. no. No, she would do everything I asked. I don't want robots in my house. No? No. Well, you have robots already. I mean, everything. The computer. No, I mean, like, ones robotic. that can, like, reach out their robot arms and strangle me. I don't want that happening. Oh, no? No. You wouldn't be able to fend, fend it off? No, robots are very strong. What are you going to do? Uh, well, there has to be an emergency shutoff switch. No, they would. Oh, no. The first thing that the robots would do would be to disable the, that switch. They disable their own shutoff switch? Yes! Then what do you what do? What do you think they're going to do, man? The first thing they're going to do is ensure that you can't destroy them. This whole thing is happening, and you're just sitting there grinning at me. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Anyway. Interesting. That's cute. That's L- cute. Do your own research. Look it up. It's interesting. I don't know anything about that, and uh, I think it's stupid. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. It was interesting. It's uh, it's amazing out there what people do mm-hmm. with their free time. Uh, yes, it is. It's unbelievable. Anyway. So are we on to your part now? Uh, we're, well, we're at about, just about at the halfway point of the show, and um, as we mentioned earlier, Fudgy Q... Uh, is, is relegated to uh, cleaning duties uh, <laughs> because we had some angered uh, responses, which is very, fine very because angry. we, we um, uh, elicit and solicit 
uh, information and feedback. Yeah, weren't you arrested for soliciting? I was. And uh, so we're we're glad to hear from listeners. We want to we want not only do we want to hear the positive mm-hmm. uh, side of things, but we also want to hear the negative and what we can do to improve the show and make it better. Yeah, we always want to make it better. So not everything we do is going to be a hit nope. here on the program. Nope. But we're going to strive to do our very very best. So yeah. what we did was after that um, angered uh, response, uh, we we solicited uh, more things from some listeners, basically uh, asking them, are there any particular songs that they would enjoy hearing? Yes. Or cover songs or parodies of songs, spoofs of, spoofs of things. So we had Spoof. some um, we had some responses. So we went ahead and contracted out a, uh, a local, another local musician here in the area. And he goes by the name of uh, Strange Bill Kowalchuk. And he's much like Weird Al Yankovic in the <laughs> sense that he takes songs and he rewrites them. Yes. And he puts his own words to them. Right. So, uh, one of our uh, loyal listeners uh, by the name of Chris G. Yes, Chris. Thanks for that suggestion. He's out there uh, listening, I'm sure. Yep. He wanted to He's hear... He's afraid of birds. He wanted I've to heard. hear a, uh, a parody of the, the great Marcy Playground song, Sex and Candy, which oh. came out, I believe, in the late 1990s. 90s. So, uh, we, we had uh, Strange Bill uh, do a song for us, and we're going to play it for you now. So, here we go. Hanging round... Downtown by myself and I bought two big hot dogs And I was thinking that's too much Then there he was Like all 400 pounds, yeah there he was He wanted my hot dog I had sex with John Candy there Right on top of the subway stairs Who's that casting accusing stares in our direction? Yeah, his body was no dream, yeah His body was really no dream, dig it Big and round, man boobs in my mouth and I can't seem to breathe Was thinking, how do I release, then there he was In Dijon and mayonnaise, yeah there he was And a hot dog induced days I had sex with John Candy there Right on top of the subway stairs Who's that casting accusing stares in our direction? Yeah, his body was no dream, yeah His body was really no dream, dig it Yeah, this surely made hot steam, yeah I had sex with John Candy there Right on top of the subway stairs Who's that casting accusing stares in our direction? Yeah, his body was no dream, yeah His body was really no dream, dig it Yeah, this Surely made hot steam, yeah. 
body was really no dream. Oh, a strange bill. Wow, that was a uh, terrific rendition. It was a uh, it was a good job there. I like that. Uh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> John Candy's a missed, uh, beloved uh, actor. He was a good actor. I love his movies. I was a big fan. Uh, most like most especially, mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Summer Rental. Mm, and that's going way back. And the Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors was good. Both of them. One of the well, speak. You know, to tie everything in. Yep. Did you know that? Well, John Candy was in the Great Outdoors with the great Dan Aykroyd. He was. And Dan Aykroyd is a huge fan of the paranormal paranormal and uh, and ufos that's right matter of fact i heard a very interesting do we have a moment that i can yeah, yeah, give us a it. quick story I, I i was actually listening uh, uh i was actually watching a program about ufos the other day and i heard something i had never heard before so john uh dan Aykroyd was such a proponent is such a proponent of ufos that he created his own series mm-hmm. about ufo encounters and stuff and he was in the middle of filming it and the reason that you're, you're probably thinking, I've never seen a series with Dan Aykroyd about UFOs, that's because in the middle of production, a very strange incident occurred with Dan Aykroyd, and here's what happened. He was filming the show. This was like in the 90s, mm-hmm. late 90s, early, two, uh, no, I'm sorry, early 2000s, he was filming this program, and he went outside to take a phone call uh, during the production of one of the, one of the episodes, and at that time, well, you know who was calling him? Britney Spears. <laughs> No. This is, yes, this is true. This sounds like some QAnon no, crap. This is true. All right. As well, he says it's true. I don't think Dan is a liar. So Britney Spears was calling him to ask him if he would come on Saturday Night Live with her. She was going to be hosting it in a couple of weeks or something like that. During this phone call, Dan Aykroyd looks up and he sees a black, uh, like a town car looking thing, mm-hmm. parked kind of strangely nearby, and a tall man in a dark suit staring at him from across the street. Okay. And at first, he didn't think anything of it. He was having his conversation with Brittany, which I would be asking her, you know, where she was going to be later that day. And right. Things of, things of that sort. Anyway, so he asks, uh, he's on the phone call with Brittany, and he looks up again, and the guy's staring at him menacingly. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to get unnerved that this guy's just standing there staring at him. And he turns away from this guy for just a minute to continue his phone call with Brittany, looks up again, and the car is gone. Okay. Completely gone. So he thinks, oh, that was strange. He goes back in. They start filming again. At that time, this was maybe just a few minutes after the strange encounter with this man, uh, the studio called, or the, the network called, and they said, we're canceling your program. You, you're not allowed to film anything else and destroy everything that you've filmed already. No. Yes. This really happened. Yes. And he did it? Yes. No. Well, he wasn't, he didn't own, like when you work for a studio, you don't know this because you're not in show business. No, I'm not in the biz. You don't, you don't know. Uh, you don't own that stuff. The film company owns right. it. Right. So he, he has no control over any of that footage or anything that they shot mm-hmm. belongs to them. And so they took it. And that's why you've never seen the program. Well, I don't believe that. But anyway, <laughs> he, he has his own vodka, you know. Yeah, Crystal Head. Crystal Head vodka. And it's a play on crystal, the Crystal Skulls. It comes in a Crystal Skull. It does. I've and, never uh, tried It's expensive, though. It's not too bad. And, you know, I've had it, but I don't really like vodka to begin it's with. It's like 50 so I bucks. I couldn't it? tell you if it's any good or not. It's like $50. That's above my yeah, price. I like the bottle, though. The bo- you know what? You should probably get one. Just add it to the shelf there. The, uh, the shelf of empty in bottles? The, in the Eon Project Studios. <laughs> hey, one thing we didn't talk about, um, or before I jump into my topic, that we didn't talk about earlier is what we did in between the last program and this program. Okay. We went on a field, oh, we we went on a field That's trip. That's correct. We had a, a, an Eon Project-inspired trip. We did, and I, I meant to uh, uh, FaceTime some of the stuff, but I had yeah. no service in there. No. Because it was a, yes. it's a castle. We went to Hammond Castle in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Why don't you explain a little bit about Hammond Castle? Sure. So we talked about this on a previous program, but... Uh, a couple of weeks back, Jay and I, we brought our sons, our strapping young lad sons, mm. 
on a trip and went through Hammond Castle, which is a medieval-style uh, European castle on the coast of Massachusetts because uh, his name was John, John Hammond, right? Dr. Hammond. Dr. Hammond. Yep. Was a, an eccentric inventor. We talked about this in another program. He, he who uh, basically built this castle back in the, uh, I think it was the 20s or 30s in that time frame. And he imported a lot of stuff from Europe, some really old, interesting artifacts in there. We got the chance to tour um, the facility. You, you, you get to go throughout the whole thing. The guy was a very, very strange, eccentric man. Uh, th- there was an indoor courtyard with a pool. Mm. He would jump into it naked. I tried to jump into it naked. A security officer yeah. stopped me, uh, and I am not allowed back. However, so, yes, there was interesting things that I that I thought were quite interesting. Uh, we we saw we v- we viewed the skull of a Columbus crew. Uh, somebody on Columbus's crew. That's right. Yep, is on display. What else did we see in there? Um, well, I, what I find most interesting too is not only is it's a relatively modern castle in the sense that Mike said it's built in the twenty the the twenties or thirties. Right. However, he did import pieces of old buildings and old castles yes. from Europe to be part of his castle. Yeah, he just put them. In, he just like puzzle pieces. That's right. And some of them were like uh, uh, archways and doorways of uh, an old Templar uh, stronghold. Yes, Knights Templar. That was cool. Uh, was in there and uh, some other things uh, such as that. Some yeah, they had the, uh, a chapel front from uh, from France from like 1300 was in there. Some old tapestries. We we are here to view the tapestries, swords and suits of armor and uh, things like that. And uh, you had a paranormal experience in, a, in one of the rooms. Didn't you know you? what? I didn't want to talk about this because I don't want people to think I'm already weirder than I am. But I and I don't claim to be a psychic. However, a handful of times in my life, I have had strange um, feelings, uh, strange experiences. Uh, again, I don't claim to be a psychic. I have no idea what the hell this is. However, in one of the rooms that we went into, uh, I sensed a very, very um, heavy feeling. I got dizzy and sick to my stomach. And as soon as we walked out of that room, I was fine. Uh, I don't know what that was. It could have been a burrito that I had eaten earlier. Wasn't in the, the, day. the spiral staircase leading up to the bedroom, possibly? Uh, I mean, possibly, but there was other spiral staircases in there that I didn't mm. feel the same thing. Uh, and so, again, I don't know what it was. I don't claim that there was a ghost or anything. Right. But it just was a weird, strange room. Yeah. It was the first bedroom that you go into. Yeah, it was It was an interesting experience. And if you're in the area, uh, I, I would suggest uh, checking it out. Yeah, it's it's like ten bucks or twelve bucks or something like that to go view it. Definitely, uh, definitely worth it. it takes about an hour. You can have a half. wedding there if you want to yeah. get married. They have the great hall. Yes, with a, a piano that uh, Gershwin played. If you're from, if you're a fan of uh, show tunes, and if you like history, just the other day as well, I toured uh, a Fort Adams, mm. which is uh, in Narragansett Bay and uh, down in Newport, Rhode Island. Here, and it's uh, it's an old fort, hundreds of years old, mm. um, and it's uh, it's probably it's the largest fort of its kind in the uh, in the Western Hemisphere. Ooh. And it can fit Fort uh, McHenry, Fort Ticonderoga, and Fort Sumter all within its walls. Wow, that's how big it is. And you get to tour it, and you get to go in the tunnels. And that was there to guard, as you said, tunnels. Nar- Narragansett Bay against naval attack. Well, that's right, because at one time, Newport was the fifth largest city in, in the Americas. Well, there was actually a very big battle near Newport. A lot of people don't know that in the Revolutionary War. That's right. Uh, and it, because it was a um, it was a defeat for the uh, Continentals. That's right. But the And it's actually the French's fault that happened that way, and I'm not going to get into that. But uh, yeah, it was a very interesting place. So there's plenty of uh, historical places, not only here in New England, but uh, we encourage you, wherever you are, across the, uh, the United States or across the globe, to explore some of these uh, local landmarks and historic buildings. And you can get in there sometimes for free, sometimes for very short uh, money, and uh, short check money. them out and learn, learn about the history of them. So yeah. they're interesting. So I'm going to talk about some uh, interesting uh, characters and people and mysterious people in history as well. Mike talked about QAnon, who we still don't know who it is. Nope. Maybe it's one person. Maybe, maybe it's, it's many. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Mike. Maybe it's 
Mike and his um, robotic uh, life mate <laughs> sitting by the computer coming up with this. Her name is Cindy. Oh, what's she look like? She's redhead. Oh, okay. Mm. Fire. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about a few of them, five, uh, five of them, if Fire. you will. And then I'm going to have a bonus track Ooh, a at bonus. the end. Okay, good. So the first, and they're all going to be pretty quick. So the first one I want to talk about is somebody called the Babushka Lady. Ooh, the Babushka. You ever heard of the Babushka Lady? I have heard of the Babushka Lady. Do you know what a Babushka is? It actually means grandmother in Russian. Isn't it like a headscarf of some kind? No. And the reason I know this is because I used to work with a Russian lady, mm. and I called her a Babushka one day because she had that a scarf on. Yes. And I thought that's what... That's what that was. Mm-hmm. It actually means grandmother, and she she got pissed at me. Oh, because I called her a grandmother. She wasn't though. She was not. And she was attractive. No. Oh, I thought you were referring to another Russian lady that we once knew. No. Anyway, so the babushka lady uh, is a lady that has that was seen photographing the assassination of uh, President Kennedy back in 1963 uh, in Dealey Plaza, which we talked about a little bit about the assassination uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes. So if you watch the Zapruder film, the babushka lady is visible. Uh, in the famous uh, Zapruder film, apparently. Yes. Um, however, she's never been positively identified, and her film has never been recovered. So so she was clearly filming the assassination. That's correct. Okay. So uh, apparently there was a woman that, that came forward in the 70s by the name of Beverly Oliver, and she claimed that she was the babushka lady, but they, uh, they did some uh, research into her, and it turns out that she was not the babushka lady. So I don't know, maybe she was... Uh, hmm trying to play a trick on somebody. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, she is there. She's there. You can see the photos. You look up Babushka Lady in the, yeah. Google, in, in, in the Googles, and uh, you can see pictures of her, and you can see her with her little camera and Isn't such. it true, and I could be completely off, but isn't it true that she also didn't... Everybody else is ducking for cover because there's rounds mm. being fired over the heads, and she didn't? She didn't, and she, she was very stoic. There. Almost yeah. had like a little bit of a grin on mm. her face. Very mysterious. Very mysterious. So she's never been found. Nobody knows who she is. Hmm. So if you're out there, Miss Babushka... We'd love to see the videos. Well, how that many you years took. ago was that? Now, uh, 1963. She's dead, so uh, she looked like an old lady what's back that, then. Fifty-eight, five years she ago. She looked like she was in her fifties or sixties back then. So she's probably dead. Yeah, long dead. I imagine. Or she was probably uh, assassinated or killed shortly thereafter by the hobos. for her film. Yes. And then her film was destroyed. It could have been. On to the next one. That was a big swallow. You Thank sure you. you're okay over there? No, I have some indigestion. You know, it was my birthday you today. Always have indigestion. It is my birthday yes, today. It I should is. say. So I have to work tonight. Oh, I have to work a, a 16-hour shift well, on you my know, birthday. Somebody else, somebody has to work the pole in the male strip club. That's and, right. And I think that you are the man for the job. So last night I was off, so I decided, uh, my lovely wife decided to take me out somewhere. Oh, and, uh, where'd you go? Ply me with beverages. <laughs> so she could take advantage of you. So we went to a local uh, establishment here that I'd never been to before uh, upon suggestion of one of her... Um, uh, you know, co- co-workers. One of her, uh, you know, co-workers? Co-workers. <laughs> so, just quickly, we went there, and I-, I don't even know what this place was. It was in a strip mall at an okay. industrial park. Okay. And I- I- the theme, the- I don't know what theme they had. It had they a were- theme? It was like a theme restaurant, but it was confusing. Oh. There was like a surfboard on the wall, but then there was like in- industrial-themed... Uh, oh, that sounds creepy. I don't, I don't know. Wall decorations. I co- wouldn't have enjoyed that. I thought something would come out and get me. But they had a, a-, a quite the variety of beverages. What did you get? What did you get for an entree? Uh, did well, you I eat just, there or did you just have drinks? No, I had, a, I had some. Uh, I had a buffalo chicken salad. Oh, well, that sounds good. And then I had some of the strange uh, brews that they had on tap. Oh, you know, every time you go to a place that has weird beverage, weird beers, you got to try. One of them was a German, something I never heard of. Uh, Kolsch? A Koi or a, a Roy or I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of strange brew. What did it taste it like? It was sour. Ew. Not good. You ever have Rausch beer? Rausch? Yeah. No. It's 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 uh, toasted. It tastes like a campfire. Oh. It's like toasted lager or ale or whatever the hell it's called. 
it's uh it, it it tastes like you're drinking a campfire that's good so really anyway, cool in the, in the fall anyway going on to the second mysterious person here we go this one i'm sure some of you have heard of it's a, a gentleman that went by the name or was dubbed db cooper db cooper and basically back in uh, november 24th 1971 there was a man uh under the assumed name uh, assumed identity of by the name of dan cooper mm-hmm. and he hijacked a boeing 727 uh in the airspace over seattle uh, Washington and Portland, Oregon. Yes. I don't know if you've ever heard of this story. I have. But uh, he extorted $200,000 worth of ransom money. Mm-hmm. And th- this could be a show all on its own, but I'm just going to touch on it quickly. So um, he requested the money. The plane landed. He got the money. He got the parachutes, by the way. He requested parachutes. So the plane the plane landed, and he got what he was asking that's for. That's right. Okay. He got the money, and he got parachutes, because apparently he was going to jump out of this plane to, uh, yeah. to so take off the with the money. So the plane took off again. The plane took off again. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um and he was there's, there's a lot of intric, intricate detail, details to this but i'm just going to go through it quickly apparently halfway through the uh, the flight from seattle to portland they he made the pilot open the uh, the bombay door or whatever the hell he did it had a bombay well he opened the door <laughs> cargo door or something. he opened the door and mr cooper jumped out of the plane ah. to uncertainty it was dark mm. it was cold uh, most people believe that he died that they, he couldn't survive. Why do this. you think that? It, why do they think that he died? Well, because they don't. They don't think that he was an experienced. Uh, um, well, my, my question jumper. Is, it was gonna. I was gonna ask you. You think he was a military guy, like a paratrooper or something like that, that was comfortable in jumping out of planes? Well, that's one of the theories. But the problem is, between the two different parachutes that he had, he chose the wrong parachute. <laughs> <laughs> he chose the parachute that probably wouldn't have been the easiest oh. one to, to to use and the best one to use. Okay. Um, and, but they did at some point, I think in the, uh, it's probably Marine Marines don't jump out of planes in the, in the eighties, uh, the early eighties, I believe some, uh, boy and his father were walking by the river, a oh, river. Yeah. And they, they turned up some money. I was going to say, what happened to the money? They tracked some of that money. I think it was a couple thousand dollars worth of the bills. And, and that was really the only thing that they ever recovered was that those bills and they were like, uh, you know, partially damaged well, and things. Didn't he, he bailed out over a, a extremely wooded area, right? That's right. So if he did die in the in the jump, they probably would have never found his body in the middle of the wilderness. Sometimes. That's right. It, it was a very remote uh, area. Like I said, it was cold at the time. Um, he only jumped out with his suit on. He had like a yeah. like a suit jacket and a tie, mm-hmm. and it would have been uh, below freezing from where he jumped from. Yeah, uh, he had no protective gear. And and I'm I'm assuming that they because they were able to identify some of the money that they probably knew where they probably had Mark all of the money. And none of the money ever showed up in circulation, right? That's right. Okay. So he's probably dead. That's right. So there's a lot of different theories out there of, uh, of, of people that it could have been. And like I said, we could delve more into this because this is a, a program all on its own. Mm. But I just want to touch base on that. That was number two, cool. mysterious people. Never mm. been identified. Mysterious. Number three. This is one that we talked about before, but I'm going to touch on it again quickly because as I read through it, I just find it to be interesting and uh, kind of strange and funny at the same time. So we call him the man from Torred. Oh, do you remember we mentioned this before? We did mention the man from Torrid. So it was July ninety-four, or excuse me, nineteen fifty-four, at Tokyo's Haneda Airport. You ever been there? Not to that one. All right, is that the one where you ate a hot dog and it had a bone in it or no, something? No, that was the other one. That oh. was Osaka. So a middle-aged Caucasian gentleman, meaning white, uh, approached the customs following arrival from Europe, and you know, of course, he seemed normal. But uh, things obviously took a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he proclaimed that he was from a country known as Torred. And he had a passport from Torred. He did. And uh, supposedly it's a little spot between Spain and France. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he pointed to it on a map. However, that's the, the, the country of Andorra. But he was insistent that, uh, that it was the country of Torred. Although that name that has never been associated with that country. Yeah, but doesn't it sound almost the same? Like if you had a language barrier, Andorra and Torred but sounds the, like the same thing. Yes, but the passport said Torred. It said it was issued uh, by the Torrid Customs uh, uh-huh. officials. I see. Uh, 
uh, yeah, so he, he thought that he was from Torrid, but it becomes even more mysterious because he disappeared the next day. Apparently, they were trying to verify his yes, information. Yes, they put him in a hotel room. Yes. I remember that story. He said he worked for a, uh, a company, and the company that he worked for really didn't exist. Uh, the bank listed on his checkbook didn't exist. So he had documents <laughs> that had all this stuff on it. But what happened to the documents? Did they did they give it back to them? No, no, no. He had he had his documents. They, oh, so uh, they when released he disappeared, them. they were holding him uh, uh, temporarily until they could figure out what the hell he was so doing. So we don't have his documents. And where he was from. Next day, they went to go look for him. Poof, gone. Poof, there he was, gone. Gone. No name, no date of birth, hmm. nothing. Who's that guy? Maybe it was a time slip. Maybe it was an interdimensional uh, traveler, unbeknownst to him, but hmm. known to someone else. He came from somewhere and ended up somewhere else. Hmm. And then he went back. And he went back again. Good for him. So the Man in the Iron Mask. We've all seen this, oh, heard of this before. Heard of Man of the Iron it's not Man. just a uh, a cheap movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't see that one. Was it good? No, I can't stand DiCaprio. I, by the way, he's good in some movies. He was good in The Wolf of Wall Street. He was good in uh, Gangs of New York. Nah, the only thing I liked him in was Growing Pains. <laughs> Remember the uh, the eighty sitcom? Yes, he was a ch- he was a child actor. At the he time. came in at the end there. Uh, they adopted him as their own. Yes, he was a young Alex P. Keaton. So apparently the man in the Iron Mask was a real dude. Yes. Uh, although it's it's hard to say. Um, why don't you tell a little bit about why the, he was the man in the Iron Mask? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about that. Oh. So we we don't know a whole lot. He was an uber mysterious prisoner. Uh, a arriving he arrived to the super prison known as the Bastille. La Bastille. In, in 1698 under the pseudonym Eustache Dogel. Ooh, that's a cool name. Eustache. Eustache. Not must mustache. I am mustache Odiel. And apparently when he when he arrived at the Bastille prison in 1698, he already had this mask on. Oh, so he arrives with the mask on. He, he arrived with this iron mask on. Ooh, that's uh, uncomfortable. It was, it's always been speculated that he was some sort of high-level uh, political prisoner at the time. Much different from the leather mask that you wear. I do wear leather hmm. around my uh, loins. Well, Tango Night. That's right. You know, at the uh, Blue Oyster. At the Blue Oyster. So he was listed as prisoner 6438900. 8675309. I'll give you a dollar who sang that. That's uh, Tommy Two Tone. Oh, I owe you a dollar. <laughs> Good job. Yes. So, anyway, he was forbidden to show his face and he spent uh, between 20 and 30 years imprisoned. Uh, and in 1703, he passed away in the Bastille. Oh. And uh, his identity remains a mystery to this day. So, what else is the Bastille uh, uh, famous for? The storming of the Bastille. Well, the, the Bastille was where they put the political prisoners. Yeah. So, back in the uh, French Revolution, I believe. They, uh, the citizenry stormed the Bastille, mm. releasing everyone inside there. Yes, the Bastille. To go make beignets. Uh. I mean, no, that's no one. Go make uh, baguettes. An interesting tie into what I said just a few minutes ago about uh, Fort Adams in Newport. Yes. The chief engineer, who was a genius, by the way, and I can't think of his name right at this time, but mm. he was Napoleon's chief engineer. Uh, Vol- came, Vauban, he, I believe his name was. No, you're wrong. He came over from France to help design this uh, that fort. But anyway. No, you know what? Going back to the man in the iron mask, I had heard a strange—not a strange—I heard a uh, pretty, pretty uh, compelling argument that he was actually the king's twin brother mm. who had been discovered uh, living someplace else, and they put him in the iron mask so that no one would see he was the, the king's twin brother because he was a threat to the monarchy. Oh, that, well, it, that would be a high-level political prisoner. Wouldn't they just kill him? Wouldn't they just kill him? Why would they put him in an iron mask and put him in jail? Just kill him. Well, you wondered that. You wonder that because they used to just kill people indiscriminately. They just kill them, right? Oh, there you are. I'm going to kill you. Some people they killed, some they didn't. I don't, I don't know. understand. I don't get it. Nope. All right, number five. Number five. A, a, a person that went by the name of Perseus. Ugh, Perseus. Back in the 1940s, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Uh, the U.S., the United States, country we live in, they hadn't yet gone uh, nuclear on, on, our, on our enemies yet. We hadn't blown up uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki at this nope. point. But the atomic bomb 
Well, obviously, they were trying to develop the atomic bomb. Yes. With the uh, the Manhattan Manhattan Project. Yes. And uh, apparently, there was a a Russian spy that was in our midst during this whole time. There was spies everywhere. And he went by the spy name Perseus. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say they were a Russian spy because at the time, Russia was our ally in the early 1940s. Well, well, yes and no. Yes, they were. I mean, they were helping us defeat the Germans. Yes. But uh, I had spies that was, within our midst. That was the, 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 the very beginnings of the Cold War of course. between yes. us and the Soviets. Right. So apparently this guy Perseus was bunkered down with the Manhattan Project Ooh. from between 1943 and 1946. That was obviously the prime years yes. of the operation. Uh, it's still unknown who Perseus was. So there was a high-level spy, Russian spy, How'd they find out? within the Manhattan Project. And the United States didn't even realize this. He didn't even know he existed until uh, you know former KGB people came forward back in 1991 after the uh, you know the fall of the Berlin Wall and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, Russian uh, you know the Soviets were out of power back in the 90s, early was 90s. Was a Perseus a uh, Greek god? Uh, Perseus wasn't he? You know he was at the Battle of uh, Thermopylae, wasn't no. he? The uh, no, no, that was uh, no. You're thinking of the, the Spartan? No, no. King Leonidas was the Spartan Leonidas. king, but who was the Persian? Xerxes. Ah, uh, uh, Xerxes. That's right. The God King. So anyway, to this day, nobody knows who Perseus was. He may still even be around. Who knows? So how did we find out? What, what did he do? He just communicate secrets? Exactly. Oh. He was he was within the, the Manhattan Project. Well, also during the man in the Manhattan Project were a number of scientists that were uh, liberated from Germany during Operation Paperclip, which we've discussed on this program earlier. That's right. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that this person was a double agent working for Germany and Russia and us at the same time. Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows. So I have a bonus one for you. Oh, and this is uh, this isn't this is a conspiracy, more of a conspiracy theory. You've all heard of uh, William Shakespeare. Oh yes, William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare, Farsade Devable, Stratford upon Avon. Mm-hmm. So many people don't, or many people don't realize or understand that it's possible that William Shakespeare never even existed at all. That is a possibility because his life is very confusing. It's shrouded, and in I mystery. don't know why, but I find this mystery to be quite fascinating. Yes, to me. So we don't know, we really don't know much about William Shakespeare at all. Actually, he didn't, he, yeah, there's no record of him before he started making these plays, right? Yeah, and here's what we do know. Shakespeare, uh, his whole family was illiterate, poor. Uh, there's no evidence that he was educated at all. Mm-hmm. But yet he went on to write these uh, famous uh, works. Many, 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 many works. Many works. That we all know. Hamlet, Macbeth. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Romeo and Juliet, right? Yes, what yes. are some others? Oh, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, The Tempest. Hmm. Uh, as you like it. Oh, I like it. You know, he signed. No, that was a play. It, here's something interesting that he signed and spelled his name differently on every document historians can find. Oh, uh-huh. so if, why would you do that? Uh, if, if it's different people, if you're quite versed in writing things, what if it's different people? Could be different people, or he was illiterate, or he was illiterate. There are a few mentions of him from other uh, historic figures are mostly in reference to William being an actor and not a writer. Yes, because he was a, a famous at the Globe Theater. Down at the Globe, do what you like. What is that? Remember that song? No. Let's have a ball. Oh, is it the strobe? Down at the strobe. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway. So anyway, when he died, he why he never mentioned his large volume of works in his final will and testament. And that he was well endowed. Nor was it written in any uh, poetic manner like Shakespeare wrote. Hmm. Nothing. Nothing uh, attributing it to William Shakespeare. Well, also what might explain some of this was that, that was the, there wasn't a lot of good record keeping taking place at the time, especially among the peasantry. You don't uh, know what people were doing. No, but he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been among the peasantry. Well, at this he was point initially. If he was fa- a famous writer at this point, right? Well, I think he became mostly famous after he died, mm-hmm. which would, ex- would explain some of that. So, as I said earlier, Shakespeare—he was not born in the money, but the way he writes about aristocracy or aristocracy, aristocracy is so specific that he, you know, scholars 
you know, leave scholars scratching their heads. What one of those theories is that Shakespeare's works were written by someone who couldn't use their name in fear of ruining their reputation. Why would it ruin their reputation? As well, they're a low. It would be a low society theater author. Oh, is what they were doing. Low society. So one of the theories that it was Sir Francis Bacon. Remember oh, Sir Francis? Bacon? Yes, he he he's the first person that invented thick cut pepper coat pepper crusted. You ever have pepper crusted bacon? It's delicious. What do you think about turkey bacon? No, no. My wife purchases turkey bacon on occasion, and I find it blasphemous. You know why people think turkey bacon is healthier? It's for actually you. not that good for you. It's not. No. There's a lot of different additives and nitrites. No, I like the thick, thick cut bacon. You like thick meat? Thick meats. So there are lots of sim small and large similarities in, in Bacon's uh, published works and Shakespeare's plays. Obviously, Bacon was well-educated. He was the head of a, a literacy society. Mm -hmm. He traveled often. Uh, all subjects that appear in Shakespeare's plays, which obviously he didn't. Where, where would Shakespeare go? He's not know. going anywhere. He doesn't have any money. I don't know. He's not traveling to and fro. Maybe he had a knapsack and he just wandered around. You don't know. So Bacon knew, he knew the science of ciphers. Experts believe that they, uh, you know, he, there was decoded clues in the plays and elsewhere oh. that point to Bacon as the real author, but we don't know. We don't know that. Another theory is the Earl of Oxford. Oxford. The Earl. Imagine if your name was Earl and you were an Earl. Earl, Earl. Earl of Earl. Earl, Earl. So that's a super uh, popular theory. And I don't know if you remember that movie that came out in 2011. Really, I, I enjoyed the film. It was Which called one? Anonymous. No. And it was about the Shakespeare story. No, I didn't know that It one. was about the Earl of Oxford and how he wrote really? these works. Really? I didn't I've never heard of this and movie. It's, yeah, it's really good. You should, you should check it out. Interesting. So Oxford was known by others for his beautiful poetry. He used to write poetry. Hmm. Uh, basically, in the 17th century, the Earl of Oxford traveled often. He ran at the pirates. He had wild experiences, sexual escapades, Ooh. drunken orgies. Nice. Uh, he shoplifted from from uh, Walmart. Yep. Got caught. Yep. Uh, and many of those. You ever shoplifted before? I know you have. I've never shoplifted. When you were a young child, you shoplifted. I did not. I yes, am on did. the other side of the law, my friend. No, you I've never shoplifted. shoplifted. Once I've never I stolen remember. in my life. Yeah, it's not true. Oh wait, I did have chicken nuggets one time from Burger King. I did. I did say that. You did. I did admit to that. Yes, that's but I was not only shoplifting. 15. That's what they call grazing. <laughs> <laughs> I graze a lot. <laughs> so this, that's the theory, uh, the Earl of Oxford. Look, one of the problems with that theory, however, the Earl of Oxford was dead before Shakespeare's works were completed. He was deed. He was deed. He was legally deed. There was also one group, lastly, somebody called the Marlovians. Oh. You ever heard of them? Those bastards. Uh, because they, they, uh, they named themselves out of, uh, uh, by the name Christopher Marlowe. Oh, the Marlowians. Was one of Shakespeare's biggest rivals. Christopher Marlowe. Apparently. That is a cool English-sounding name. But anyway, they don't really know, for sure. Hmm. Most people accept the fact that William Shakespeare really existed. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I tend to think not. I think that it was a uh, maybe a conglomeration of people. You know what? What? The, in, the simplest answer is usually the correct one. Mm -hmm. Occam's razor. Mm. And it probably was a real person. Because that's, that's an elaborate conspiracy to have to pull out... No, well, not not necessarily. I mean, you think why back would to they it. do that? Why would anyone do any of those? Well, things? as we mentioned earlier, a high-ranking political uh, person couldn't write about the inner workings of of royal families and things that were going on uh, and all the dirty yeah. uh, little secrets that were going on at the time. So they had to come up with the. Well, you know, you know why I think Shakespeare was a real person. Why is that? Because my sister was just visiting from Texas, from the great state of Texas. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she re recently went on a uh, European vacation with her family, and yep. they visited Shakespeare's birthplace. <laughs> they yep. actually toured the home. Well, nobody's everything. saying that this person, that a person named William Shakespeare, didn't exist. We're oh, saying he wasn't he, the one that wrote it. We're saying that he's not the oh. one that authored all the eh, works. I don't know. He was just an actor that they used to actor to uh, uh, portray or use him as the the the. Uh, the okay. Well, whoever it was, I cursed them because in high school I was tortured by the. Uh, it was awful. Shakespeare plays, and you have to read them. Ah, it was. Dumb. Examine this play. No. And you couldn't make any sense of any of it. No, it didn't make sense. Stupid. The cliff notes didn't even help. Nope. 
Oh, well. Whatever. Anyway. Anything else to add today? Uh, the only thing I wanted to add, and if you've listened to this whole program to the end, I appreciate you. And we appreciate every listener of this program, and we've been getting more and more listeners. What we would really like to get is some feedback about, uh, not just feedback about whether you like the show, whether you don't like the show, but some uh, some some topics to discuss, something that you would like to hear us talk about. Uh, if you have anything that you, you personally have experienced that you want to talk about on the show, we would love to have you as a guest. That's right. Not everybody. But, you know, some, some of you might we might want to have on the show. And today is my birthday, so and feel free to send me a gift. Send us an, an email. Several gifts. At theeonproject at yahoo.com. That's T-H-E-E-O-N project at yahoo.com. Preferably untraceable bills. Also, uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. That's right. At the Eon Project. Well, I think we're going to conclude it. You know, uh, it was a little. We had to shake the rust off today a little bit. Yeah, it was a weird show. But uh, it was a little weird. But we're going to get back into it, back in the flow, be a little more, uh, you know, regular. Yes, more fiber, more fiber, fiber and wine. Mm-hmm. We'll get you through the day. So until next time, just remember the truth exists. Believe it. Believe it.